Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video teaching series, The Love of God, and this is part three of that series, and this is lesson number six of part three. And uh, the title of this love, uh, this lesson is Love in Action. Love in Action. In, la- in the last lesson, we talked about the fact from Galatians 5 and 6 that Paul declared that faith is activated by and operated by love. No love, no faith. I can call something faith, but if I don't have the love of God, if I'm not fellowshipping with the love of God, if I'm not walking in the love of God, then I don't have faith. It's not possible to have faith in God without first having the love of God. And I can't possibly have the love of God without having faith in God. But let's talk about in these verses, some very important areas of demonstration of that love. If I have love, I have faith. And if I love God, then I'm also commanded in the second commandment to love others. So James chapter 2, beginning with verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not work? Can faith save him? Can faith without the love of God? Because if faith works by love, and I have faith but no works, I don't have the love of God. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? What does it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Faith is supposed to work. And it works by love. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith. And I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? Why? Because faith works by the love of God. God didn't just start loving people at the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. God is love. He's always been love. Was that Abraham, our father, justified by works? What works? The works of faith that are operated by love. When he had offered Isaac, uh, his son, upon the altar, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect, complete, mature, brought to maturity and completion. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Because 
faith, biblical faith, faith that God accepts, honors, acknowledges, works only by the love of God. So any faith works or faith we have without works that is not uh, active, initiated, activated, operated by the love of God, God does not accept, and it can't do anything for us for eternity's sake, and it does very little, it does nothing for us spiritually in this life. It only helps boost our ego and gives us a false sense of both spiritual and natural security that we do not have because God does not honor it. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he'd offered his son upon the altar? Why? Because God told him to do it. He didn't say, you know what, I think I want to prove to God that I really do believe him. What can I do that would really prove that? Let's see. Uh, And there goes little Isaac running along. I don't know how old he was. He was big enough to carry the wood up the mountain uh, for the sacrifice. So he was probably a young man at very least. And there goes Isaac and he goes, I think I'll, uh, I think I'll, I think I'll kill Isaac and prove to God how much faith I've got in him. He didn't do that. God was the initiator of all that. When God initiates something and I obey it, I'm not earning anything. Read Luke chapter 17 verses 5 through 10. And I don't want to go into all that right now, but read it. It's very important here, but I'll quote you verse 10. It says, when we have done what we've been commanded to do, when when we've done all that we've been commanded to do, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which is our duty to do. So when I'm obeying the word of God, I'm not earning anything. I'm only demonstrating that the love of God is in me and is activating faith in me and that faith is working, all confirming that God is in me because God is love. And that I am submitted to God and His love because I'm allowing the love of God to activate faith in me and do works through me. Whatever they are. And I don't get to tell God what He can and can't do through me. I don't get to tell God where I am willing to go and not be willing to go if He sends me. I don't get to tell God what I am willing to say and not say to anybody. If He tells me. You say, but people might be mad. You mean like stoning Stephen to death because of what he said? You mean like uh, Paul getting beat, thrown in jail, and other pl- all the other things happened to him because of what he said? You mean like that? Like that. That's right. So they spoke in the will of God what God said. You don't think God knew what the outcome was going to be? When he gave them that word to speak? And we're going to tell God no. Well, then you don't believe the word of God that we're bought with a price. We're not our own. For God so loved the world. And he gave his only begotten. That's the, that's the price. The life of the man Christ Jesus and the only blood God ever had. The blood in that body. That was God's own body. That was a body that God claimed as his house. Read beginning of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Talking about this tabernacle, this house that we're living in. This body's just our house. 
that body of the man Christ Jesus that they was called the Son of God on earth because it was birthed by the Father. Oh, that's right. The Holy Ghost conceived him. Now, which one's the Father of Jesus, right? The Holy Ghost of the Father, if there are two. That he was conceived by the, you know, one man said it was by artificial insemination because the Father's not able to perform, I guess. I guess he's not able to impregnate. So he needed the Holy Ghost to artificially inseminate Mary. A, 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 A Pentecostal Trinitarian theologian actually taught that so that he didn't have to believe the Father and the Holy Ghost were the same spirit, one and the same. I'm sorry to get off on that point, but it, it, help, please, 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 somebody help me. How can you be that blinded to the Word of God? How about be that blinded to common sense that God the Father isn't really the Father except he supplied the seed, and the Holy Ghost took the Father's seed and... and and overshadowed the woman impregnated her. Okay? I'm off the subject there for a minute, but somebody need to hear that. No. There's one person. <laughs> There's one God. There's one spirit. I am Chester Wright, the, a father to two. Grandfather of seven. I am Chester Wright, the husband or the son of Mac and Merle Wright. And I am Chester Wright, the husband of Alice Wright. There's not three of me. I am Chester Wright, the uh, founding pastor of Antioch, the Apostolic Church. I'm Chester Wright, the bishop of Antioch and a few other places. And I, Chester Wright, the brother of my brethren, etc., etc., etc. On a few occasions, I am Chester Wright that attempts to play golf. That's right. The same guy that attempts occasionally to play golf is the same guy that is the father of two sons is the uh, son of two people and the husband of one, only one. Praise God. And uh, same person, same person. All those are different things. Those are completely, when I'm doing those things, I'm doing completely different stuff. I'm not intimate with my sons. I wasn't intimate with my parents. I was intimate only and am only intimate with my wife. Different relationship. It's a different relationship. Those are different relationships. Those are, I do different things in all of those offices and titles, but there's only one of me. And I'm just a man. God can do all kinds of different things. And he can label all of those works of his by different names if he wants to. That doesn't make it more than one person. Now, the infinite, invisible I am God created man, and he knew man could never see him. So as a part of his infinite plan that he that came was in existence before the universe was founded. As a part of that plan, he decided that uh, he'd become a man. He didn't just decide that, but Revelation says he is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So what happened at Calvary was only the fulfillment of what happened in the mind of God before there was anything. Because he knew that when he created beings that he could love and would, 
his desire would be for them to love him back. He knew those, those beings were going to make wrong choices and that they couldn't have a relationship with him unless he provided the means so that that relationship could be restored from those wrong decisions and their consequences. And he did all that. He did all that before there was anything. All of that was an accomplished fact in his mind. He hasn't been working through this as he gone along. Let's see. Okay, I got, how do I fit this all? To, no. All of this was a done deal in his mind. Except, except, he did not predetermine who was going to be saved and who was going to be lost. Because it's not his will that any should perish. But all should come to repentance. Scripture says that a couple of different places in different ways, but says exactly the same thing. So here we are. <laughs> faith works because love works. Love works through faith. Love, love doesn't bypass faith to work. Love works through faith. I've heard this said, and I've said it a few times myself, because it's biblically true. God does not respond to need. God responds to faith. If God responded to need without there being faith with those needs, then God has violated people's will because faith is an exercise, first and foremost, of the will I choose to believe. I choose to trust in, rely upon, cling to, adhere to. I choose to do that. And one of the family words involved with all that means to be persuaded. So I don't believe till I'm convinced, and I'm convinced by the love of God. All of this works together. It's not all a bunch of different things, all whatever, just kind of trying to fit. No, no, no. The word of God is one homogeneous whole. And we may take out a finger out of it and look at that or and what what's this? We, we may look at the constituent parts, but we don't fully understand the constituent parts till we see them in their relationship with the whole. And God's word is a whole. It's the word of God, not the words of God. It's the word of God. It's a whole, a homogeneous whole. And every part is mutually dependent upon all the other parts. Because God is whole. God is one. And we can look at the different manifestations, expressions of God, different words of God, whatever. But they're not parts of God. They're, they're not independently independent of God. They all are part of the whole. And that's what James is trying to say here. And he's saying, and let me go back to the earlier part of this reading. Uh, he's saying that if I love God, then I'm not just going to do it by doing the religious things. I'm going to do that by caring about other people. I'm going to let the Lord care about other people through me. I'm going to let him bring people to my mind. My mind. I'm going to pray for them and whatever he tells me to do for them, that's what I'm going to do. Whether it's to speak to them, call them, uh, 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 Take them to, uh, to, to a dinner. Uh, take them food. Uh, 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 talk to them on the phone. Text them. Email them. Whatever it may be. Uh, or, or actually take them money. Or go pray for them in the hospital. Or what it, whatever it is. Or teach them a Bible study. Or witness to them. No matter if I think they're going to completely reject me. No matter. Loving them. The Lord loved us with no guarantee of our response. (coughs) 
He didn't force us to respond because then it wouldn't be love. And uh, he loved us before he knew what our response was going to be. So if, if, if the Lord is loving others through me, then I'm going to talk to them as the Lord leads me to before I know what their response is going to be. I'm not going to say, well, they're, they're probably going to reject what I have to say, so I'm not going to talk to them. No, 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 10,000 times no. I don't have the right to presume what somebody's response is going to be to the word God gives me to speak to them or the kindness the Lord tells me to, to share, to, to, uh, to share with them. I was, uh, preaching and, uh, I was in, uh, oh, I was down in South Carolina with brother and sister Feld. And my wife and I were driving around for a little bit one afternoon and, uh, I was thirsty. And I went into this gourmet food place, uh, through their drive through. <laughs> and, uh, all I ordered was a large Diet Coke. And I waited in line a little while and when I got up to the window, the girl handed me the uh, cup of soda, and uh, I said, how much? She said, uh, no charge today. Here. I said, you're kidding. She said, no. No. I just uh, felt to give this to you. Well, I know the Bible says if anybody gives a cup of cold water to a prophet in the name of a prophet, they'll have their reward. I don't know if Diet Coke fits because it's liquid in that, I don't know who that girl is. I was so shocked and there were people behind me. I kind of moved off and I was just kind of in a state of dumbfoundedness there for a little while because, <laughs> um, wow. I, you say, well, it wasn't much. It, it really, do you think Burger King gives away hamburgers and drinks? But I tell you what I believe, God saw her act. Whether she knew who I was or not, whatever her motive was in doing that, she gave a cup of cold water, uh, and water's good, but I like Diet Coke too, uh, to me for whatever her motives was, but God saw that. I believe he's going to bless her for it. Come on. That's what the Word of God says. The act doesn't have to be some heroic thing where you 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 throw yourself on a grenade, which is very her, her, her heroic. Doesn't have to be that. You don't have to sell everything you've got and give to that person uh, to show them love. Sometimes the smallest acts are uh, so kind. My wife is truly one of the most loving people I know because she is constantly thinking of so-and-so and the card they need. She puts me to shame. I've had to give that to God and the Lord said, no, that's coming from the two of you. She signs both of our names. Uh, and, and you know, I'm using you to do what I'm using you to do. I'm using her to do what she does. Uh, but here during all this COVID stuff, especially when, uh, the first responders have been in such a difficult spot, and then also uh, policemen or whatever. 
and uh, she's gotten to taking buying small gift cards enough to, for them to buy a sandwich and a and a coke someplace, and she wouldn't be happy with me for telling this. She wouldn't be. I'm just telling you about the person I live with. So she had bought a card the other. Just she told me about this just the other day. She'd bought a card that uh, she had intended for someone. She had it in a little bag, whatever. And she pulled up right at the same time our postman was pulling up. The guy's really nice. He's been very kind for us, to us, and whatever. And she heard the voice of the Lord just just that quick. She went and grabbed. She said, "Look." I got something for you. I just, it's just, a small, just a small token of appreciation. Thank you for all you do. That guy's never going to forget that. He's never going to forget that. And she's taking to, every time she goes to a checkout counter, going to the extra mile and telling that clerk how much she appreciates what they're doing and all that they face every day and, all the attitudes they're having to put up with, and she appreciates that. You can see their face light up. She's making an impact. You say, well, she's not telling about Jesus. Oh, yes, she is. Yes, she is. Yes, she is demonstrating the love of Christ. You don't think those people are aware aware that there's something different going on here? You say, well, yeah, that's just charity. You're feeling sorry for them. No. No, no, no. This is the love of Christ flowing through us. First John chapter 3, verse 14 says it this way. We know we, that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. We know we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. We have grown from spiritual infancy to a spiritual maturity because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. What? You know, the apostle of John is pretty tough. You know, he's the apostle of love. He's the apostle of love. And I've had people throw at me the apostle of love because you're pretty direct. I don't know. I don't hold a candle to John in directness. You read the epistles of John and tell me, that uh, uh, directness is not being kind and loving. Some of the strongest, most direct statements made in the entire Bible are made many times in First John. And he says it. We know we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whoso hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath at eternal life abiding in him. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Well, I don't hate my brother. Um, <laughs> there's two sides to the coin. There's love. There's hate. The coin never stands on its edge in God. I'm either actively loving my brother or inactively hating my brother. Well, that's a strong word, hate, yeah. When I withhold what God wants to do through me to him, for him, her, that's hate. 
I pray, I want to love what God loves and hates what God hates. And the scripture says, those that don't believe are condemned already. And God withholds things from people that uh, hate him. And he does not give himself to them. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. And every grudge I hold against my brother is an act of murder. Oh, but you don't know what they did. Then you don't know what Christ did for you. If you can't forgive, that proves you don't know what the love of Christ did through you, for you on the cross. What he's given to you. What he's trying to do through you. If you can't forgive your brother, and I don't mean your natural brother, even just your spiritual brother, but if you can't forgive others what they've done for you, then it means you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you can't know him and not forgive them. You can't know and experience his love without giving them what you freely received. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Bravo, Lord. You just said it much better than I could try to say it. Even with your flow. <laughs> you said it. Hereby perceive, this is how we perceive, know, understand, comprehend, become aware of the love of God. He laid down his life for us. There it is. And we ought, it's it's a necessity, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. In other words, I seek the good of others and not my own. I seek the benefit of others and not my own. If I'm seeking to please God and seeking to let Him benefit others through me, He will take care of whatever benefit I need. He promised that. He said it a different way, but the same thing. It's the same principle. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So I seek God, and I seek the good of others, the the benefit and the, the blessing of others, no matter who they are, lost or saved. And if I put him first and others, then he'll take care of me. And isn't that the way we learn to sing about joy in Sunday school? J-O-Y, Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. That's how, that's how joy is spelled. We, it's a little simple, a little strong, and it really only works in English, I guess. But it's true. This is the biblical deal. Now, hereby perceive we the love of God, 1 John 3.16. 1 John 3.16, not John 3.16, but they're almost exactly the, uh, the same. Except John 3.16 deals with my salvation. 1 John 3.16 deals with what I should do for others because I'm saved by that same love and the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, 
and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and assure our hearts assure our hearts before him for if our heart condemn us god is greater than our heart and knoweth all things beloved if our heart condemn us not then we have confidence toward god and whatsoever we ask we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight and then peter peter says it very similar uh, but from a little different perspective same principles as uh, both uh, James and John said it. First <laughs> Peter one twenty two. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Oh, Peter, what a mouthful in just a few words. Huh. We are, our, we're saved. That's what it's talking about here. Seeing we have purified our souls and obeying the truth through the spirit. And, it, and our salvation doesn't end at us being saved. Unto unfeigned Love of the brethren. Why would that adjective be on the word love there? Why would it be there? Why would it? Why would he say unfeigned love if it wasn't possible to fake love? Well, we how do you fake love? You tell somebody you love. How did James put it back there in the beginning of it? Uh, if a... Uh, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? That's that's feigned love. Oh, God bless you, my brother. Oh, thank you. I'm praying for you. You're starving to death, or your clothes are in rags, or your house just burned down, and whatever, and I'm not doing anything about it, or helping, or whatever. Right? It's fake love. Because God's love helps. Now, what if it's God that lets our brother and sister go through things as a test, not just to their faith, the trial of their faith, but what if God allows that to happen to our brother to see what our reaction to that is going to be? Or what about our brother's Throughout the world. People we may never see this side of eternity. Can we shut up our bowels of compassion toward them? By hoarding all of our money for ourselves? Can we do that? Can we do that? And be saved. Well, if I need the love of God to be saved because I can't have faith without love because faith brings love and love brings faith into, into existence and activates and operates it, then I, if, if that love is one of the evidences of that love is uh, me loving my brother, then 
I can't be saved without loving my brother because it proves I don't have love uh, or faith. And I, if I don't have faith, it's because I don't have love because love is going to produce faith. And I said it in these verses that I've used just in this passage. This lesson, John, James 2, 14 through 26, 1 John 3, verses 14 through 20, and 1 Peter 22 through 23. There's three witnesses. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And so all of those that do what they do, the, the, the ministries of the church that are helping those that have dealt with catastrophes and natural disasters, that's not a social ministry. That's a spiritual ministry. They're obeying the word of God in loving others they're obeying the love of god in letting him love others through them in the name of the lord jesus christ i pray that you and i by the grace of god by the spirit of god will receive the revelation of this that will change the way we live and our priorities in life to be in alignment with the the priorities of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.